The Hawkeyes let one slip away. A tough loss to Michigan State. Free throw problems. Three-point shooting problems. And you had Sparty on the ropes. Plus, we break down anatomy of an upset. How does Iowa get it done tonight against Penn State? All today on Locked on Hawkeyes. Our Locked on Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button while you are there. It helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Shout out to all of our new members that have been joining us here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Love to see those numbers continue to grow. And uh, we'll continue to shout you out. Hit that subscribe button. We'll give you a shout out here in the coming days and weeks. Well, we got plenty of Iowa basketball to get into today. We're going to talk a little wrestling, a little big football weekend as well in the recruiting front as they try to fill out that roster for 2023, and the questions remain on the football program. We'll get into all that here today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started today. Let's get into it here as Iowa let one get away against Michigan State. 63-61, the final in this one. The Hawkeyes had opportunities, including late in the game. We will get to that. Now, there are positives to take away. There are frustrations. We will get into certainly all of that here throughout our conversation today. But let's start the start to the game. Get out 10 nothing. They weren't shooting it real well early on, but just grinding, getting the bucket inside, and playing inside, which was a huge, huge component of this one. Loved what they were doing. Get it in the block, knowing that, and Michigan State has had problems this year inside. Sissoko is okay. Not a guy they have to really worry about offensively, but maybe try to get him in some foul trouble, knowing that they didn't have a whole lot of depth there. We saw Kohler. Uh, that dude was not ready for prime time. They went in there, got out to the 10-0 lead. You knew Sparty was going to answer. You knew they were going to respond. They were going to lay down. They weren't going to be dogs in this one, and, and they certainly weren't. But the opportunity after coming out with that defensive intensity, that's what I love to see after he played so poorly against Ohio State, just struggled defensively, couldn't get stops, didn't bring the intensity that you need to win a game in the Big Ten on the road, to come back in that fashion, go out there right away, and really consistently throughout the game, play at your highest level defensively. In fact, this game was their best defensive effort since the first game of the year. That came against Bethune-Cookman. They had not played as well defensively, according to defensive efficiency numbers, as well as they did against Michigan State. That's great. Continue it now. Make this be a building block. Yeah, you didn't get the win, but you had a chance on a night where you miss more free throws than you make. On a night where you can't hit shots from the outside, you go 3-17. and 17. With all that being said, you had a shot on the road against Michigan State. You did it because of the defense. That has to be a component. Offensively, at least scoring. Aaron Eulis had his best game in a Hawkeye uniform, scoring the basketball. But six turnovers. You, you just can't have it. What makes Iowa so good year in and year out offensively under Fran McCaffrey is they don't turn it over. That is a huge component. Yes, 
Fran draws up good stuff. Yes, they run secondary break incredibly yeah, well. They do all those things. That That's all a component of it. And all works together. But ultimately, it's limiting turnovers that makes them work at the highly efficient level that they do each and every year. Great that he scored 17. He got to the rim, hit his three-pointer. But you just can't afford it. With the way that Iowa is built, the style that they play, you can't get six turnovers from your point guard. Eulis has scored in double figures now last couple of times out. 12 against Ohio State, 17 against Michigan State. But he's combined for 10 turnovers. Can't have it. You just can't have it. If I was going to win and get back into the NCAA tournament, we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Get into overall, what's it going to take still for this team to be an NCAA tournament team? Eulis scored it well. Other aspects, though, got to be better. Tony Perkins, super inconsistent again. And, and the beat goes on, right? Waiting for that consistency. Just not going to happen. It, it just is not going to happen with Tony Perkins. It doesn't feel like he's a junior now. You're an upperclassman. Great run last year at the end of the season and in the Big Ten tournament. But that consistent effort, it just isn't there. You, you go through, and after I got excited, the 22 point performance against Maryland, thought maybe this was going to be something that was going to catapult him forward. His ability to get to, now, we're back to the same thing. It's, he has not hit a three pointer in five games. That's not his game. Not a great shooter from the outside, but boy, feels like need more out of Tony Perkins. And it's not as simple as, as he goes, this team goes, it's not what it is, but need more from him. Connor McCaffrey did counter things. He was fine. Eight rebounds, hit a three pointer, had that bucket off the glass late in the game. He did counter things. He is what he is, right? Philip Robracha, maybe want a little bit more out of him, but they were playing incredibly physical with him inside. Matty Suzoko was just throwing his body around and make it incredibly difficult. You know, Sparty, eh, there's not going to be many whistles against him inside the Breslin Center. And finally, the most talented player on the team. Guy that's going to play in the NBA next year. Chris Murray. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. Chris Murray with this team seemingly has to be good every single time. If I was going to be at their apex, they just... They can't handle performances. This team's not deep enough. For all intents and purposes, they played six guys yesterday. The Josh Dix took an ill-advised three, only played six minutes. DeSante Bowen, it was too fast for him. It just, it wasn't happening for him in that game. They're playing six guys. And Peyton Sanford got a couple of fouls, and he was saddled to the bench because of the Fran two foul rule. Chris Maria can't happen. So here's something, our buddy Biz, who we need to get back on the podcast next week. That's bad work out of me getting him back out there. He said this last night as he went back and rewatched the game. Absolutely incredible. I was final seven possessions. Chris Murray touched the ball six times. He took a total of two dribbles. The dribbles were two timid dribbles to the baseline where he picked up his dribble with three seconds on the shot clock. People that wanted the play to be drawn up late there for Chris Murray can't do it. He was t- timid. He disappeared, and this is the same thing we have happened last year with Keegan. When the going got tough against Richmond, when they needed somebody to take control, when they needed the guy to go out there and demand the basketball, guess what? Good players are going to be guarded differently, and they're going to hold you, and they're going to grab you, and they're going to do all those things, and when you're not shooting well, and when you're airballing shots all over the place, you're still the best, most talented player on this team. You can't disappear. 
seven possessions, touch it six times, two dribble. It can't happen. Chris Murray is even okay. I will win this game. If Iowa doesn't go six of 13 at the free throw line, they win this game. If Peyton Sanford hits two open threes on beautifully designed plays, Iowa wins this game. 63-61 the final. Michigan State gets it done. We got more coming up on this game and a look forward to the rest of the season. Just a huge matchup now coming up on Sunday. These next three games. Does Iowa have to be perfect? Do they have to go 3-0 and to be back considered a solid NCAA tournament team? We'll talk about that as we continue on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers out there. You can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets for the money line, point spreads, even player props. Plus, you could even combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlays. Looking at the game this week. Hey, you like Travis Kelsey? Over under six and a half catches. Well, he had 14 the last time out. You can take a look at passing yardage totals. They got a bunch of that. This Kansas City-Cincinnati game, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Get an opportunity. Hey, just lay one and a half with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. You can go that route. Whatever you want to play, they have you covered. Those same game parlays, add them up. You put a bunch together. You got a chance at a bigger payout. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose. That's at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Try kind of back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Chris Murray, got to be better. Peyton Sanford, hey, got to hit an open shot. I know both passes were a little bit low. Threw off his timing, I guess, a little bit. Got to hit that shot. Credit to Fran for drawing it up. Here's the problem. They wouldn't have even drawn up that play if Connor didn't get caught with the ball and had to use a timeout. Fran McCaffrey is so good at drawing up plays, inbound plays, offensive plays, sets like that. He has been a wizard at it. Use your timeouts. Do that at end-of-game situations. Fran, you're good at it. Use it. Use your strengths, and his strengths are drawing up plays. To go to the far corner, the pass back, Satan. Peyton Sanford was wide open on that play. Beautifully designed play. Keep doing that, Fran. What are your strengths of what you do at the end of the game? It's frustrating. This team now sits at 4-5 and five in the Big Ten, 12-8 and eight overall. We've talked about the loss to Eastern Illinois. That is going to be tough. Uh, today, Shelby Masti joins us on our radio show. He is the bracketologist for USA Today. He uh, has Iowa currently as an 11 seed, one of the last eight teams or so still in the bracket here. Got to get right. And now you're getting right against a Rutgers team out for revenge after you went there and beat them back on January 8th. A rematch here 21 days later. I know they're going to defend you. They're going to play that same style as Michigan State. They are tough. They are physical. And, and going back to that game against Rutgers, another one where Iowa got out early to the lead, were able to hold on, 
in different portions of that game, but it was McConnell fouled out of the game for them, and he was one of their best players, if not their best player in that game. You had Simpson, didn't hit a shot from the outside. You had uh, Malay, who was just one of four from downtown. I don't anticipate they're going to play as poorly as they did in that one. Iowa got a huge performance out of Peyton Sanford. That was the first of back-to-back great performances from him. Chris Murray was outstanding in that game. Need that same Chris Murray out there again. For Bracha, he was doing his thing. He finished with 16 and 12 in the matchup. Everybody's got to come to play. It's it's what this Iowa basketball team is now. Everybody, every single night, you got to give a little something. Whatever it is, you got to give something here. We'll see if they're going to be able to do that against Rutgers. Then a quick turnaround as you have the game against Northwestern. The rescheduled game as they were not able to go because of COVID. They weren't able to go out there. That'll be the rematch on Tuesday. Connor McCaffrey after the game pleading for Hawkeye fans to get out there for that one as they will again uh, have the dedication and the ceremony for Chris Street. Absolutely agree. By the way, Rutgers game, if you're heading over there on Sunday for the matchup, that is a whiteout. So find your white. You have white Hawkeye gear. I I don't have much. I got the Kenny Arnold shirt that they had and a fundraiser. I have a Chris Street. I don't have much white Iowa gear. It's going to be a tough go. Let's hope it works, though. Wear your white and then show up on Tuesday for the Chris Street game. And then it concludes on Saturday as they will have Illinois coming in. You know the Orange Crush is going to be there. There'll be a lot of Illinois fans. Iowa feels like they got to win three, all three of these games. At minimum, two out of three. Look. You're going to Purdue after that. We know how difficult that's going to be. Still have road trips remaining against Northwestern and Wisconsin before they wrap up at Indiana. Another team that's going to be out for blood. And 3-0, you correlate it together. Iowa currently is favored by a point against Rutgers at Ken Pomeroy, four against Northwestern, and two against Illinois. You correlate those parlays together. You put them together, basically, if you will, to win all three of those games. Probably the numbers, it would be, what, about a 15% chance of putting all three in the win column. All toss-up games, all coin flips, and that's where we are. Got to be better. Got to be better. I think they will, and we'll see. Patrick McCaffrey, you're bringing him back in that environment would have been so difficult. We get that, right? Going back and playing in that type of environment, it would be incredibly difficult for Patrick, for any player. It doesn't matter if you're coming off an injury or if you're coming off a mental pause like Petrick, that was something that was going to be incredibly tough. But he's going to be back sooner rather than later. We'll see. Two-game losing streak now. Lose it two different ways against Ohio State. It was the defense was atrocious here. Free throw shooting. And yes, we do have to talk about officials. I don't like talking about officiating. I don't like blaming officials. I think it's a loser mentality. I think it sets you up for failure. I will not blame officials for a loss, but it played an impact. Look, you go nine minutes in the Preston Center and they don't get whistled for a foul. You get six fouls in the second half early on and they don't blow their whistle again against you for nine minutes. That's impactful. They were clutching. They were grabbing. Chris Murray got ran into, just shoved to the ground. One of the three-pointers they hit coming off the screen, it was a moving screen, just absolutely putting a leg out, just garbage stuff like that. It's what you're going to go against. Tom Izzo, as I said earlier in the week, he has ruined Big Ten basketball. I hate it. I absolutely hate the style. Go back. We talked last week about going back and watching, of course, the Michigan and Michigan State games for Iowa after the passing of Chris Reed. Watch those games. Watch games of the 80s. Watch old basketball. Hey, there's a reason that the Big Ten as a whole 
has not won a national championship now in almost a quarter century. It's because of this garbage style. It's not basketball. Bo Ryan, Tom Izzo, those coaches, just absolutely terrible. Rutgers, they're going to do the same thing. Purdue does the same crap. It's not entertaining. It's not fun. It's not basketball. And then we wonder why we're going on almost a quarter century without a national champion in our league. Well, here's a reason for it. It's this garbage officiating. Blow your whistle. Don't get scared about little leprechaun over there in the sidelines, Tom Izzo, intimidating you over there. Get better. Big 10 refs, get better. It's not fun. It's not entertaining. It's not a style that is good. All right, I'm fired up. You know what? This is going to put me in a better mood. Maybe. We're going to try to figure out how Iowa gets it done on the wrestling mat tonight. It's Iowa-Penn State, the anatomy of an upset. How do we do it? We'll do that next here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Try kind of wrapping up with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's called Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts as we roll through here on a Friday. Looking forward to it. Number one versus number two, Iowa, Penn State. Now, Iowa has lost just one duel over the last four years, being Penn State. All time, Kale Sanderson says he's got Penn State up and rolling, has lost just one duel here over the last eight seasons. That game against Iowa. Back and forth we go. It's number one, number two. Now, there is a point spread out there right now at Circus Sports here in the state of Iowa. Has currently Penn State favored by nine. Open up as Penn State as a six-point favorite. So you have that component of it. How do we get there? How do we get to a victory for Iowa? How do they win this duel? Let's go through weight class by weight class. Starting at 125, Spencer Lee will go up against more than likely Gary Steen for Penn State. Obviously a pin. It's a necessity here if I was going to get it done. We go to 133. Brody Teske looks like maybe he is healthy. Good stuff uh, yesterday out of Cody Goodwin who joined us joined us on the podcast breaking things down. He's got RBY though. Roman Bravo Young, number one, defending national champion. Look here, Teske. Let's say it's a decision. We can get that. Just keep it to a decision. Don't get beat by a major eight points or more. We're at 6-3 Iowa with the lead. We go to 141. This one is going to be a doozy. Railwoods for Iowa, the Stanford transfer, right number two against Bo Bartlett from Penn State. Bartlett, 14-0 on the season. The youngster has been really good, but doesn't have that signature victory. Let's give Riel Woods the win here. Let's make it 9-3 Iowa. We go to 149. This is a toss-up match. Max Mirren against Van Ness for Penn State. Number 10 versus number 12. Another one that Iowa in this swing match probably going to have to get the victory. Let's give it to the Hawks. Again, good start here. Iowa out to a 12-3 lead. We're starting to believe. 157. Kobe Seabrick for Iowa. More than likely against Levi Haynes. Now, Cale Sanderson, he's got an interesting decision here. The next time Levi Haynes takes the mat, as an attached wrestler, as a Penn State wrestler, he can still wrestle unattached. He will burn his red shirt. Do they go that route? He's been good this year. Just got a win against Will uh, Llewellyn from uh, Michigan earlier uh, in the week. 10 straight wins. 
I would guess they'll go there, but another toss-up match. I lean, if what I'm picking, it would be Haynes to get it done. Same thing in 149. I lean Van Ness over Mirren, but again, we're trying to find a way to an upset. Let's give Iowa the win here. We're up. It's 12-3. We go to 165. I, I know we're looking for upset losses. This is a toss-up. Two youngsters, Patrick Kennedy for Iowa against Fukundu from Penn State. It's going to be tough. I, I know it can happen. I get it. Kennedy got that pressure. He, he can go under. He can't go here. Not going to do it. So we're at 15-6. This is where it gets hairy. 174. Iowa with the lead, 15-6. Nelson Brands. Stay off your back. Don't get major. Don't get tech fault. I think Brands can do that. I think we can do that. Where are we at now? 15-9. Aaron Brooks against Abe Fassad at 184. Okay, it's getting a little more difficult. Again, don't get stuck. Fassad can't get pinned here. Lose Aaron Brooks as a star. He's wrestling incredibly well. We're going to give him a major here. So lead has dissipated now. Coming back the other way. Here's the match. And really the last two matches. In order for Iowa to win this one, they're going to have to win at least one and maybe both of these matches. At 197, it was the NCAA tournament finals a year ago. Jacob Warner coming out of nowhere to get to that championship match as he takes on Max Dean of Penn State. Of course, Dean got it done 3-2 to two in the final. Dean, last year, won it in the duel 8-3. to three. Could Warner pull it off here? Dean's wrestling well. Warner has been inconsistent this year. And if you don't get that one, well, maybe you can get it done at heavyweight. Look, I'm here to say, when you put this all together, it's not crazy. Yes, you're going to have to win a lot of the swing matches. Yes, you can't get put on your back. We can't afford a pin at 184, 174. Can't afford something like that. We also can't afford for the matches that you're favored in. You can't afford a loss there. That means winning the matches at 125 for Leah, not just winning, but getting a pin. That means Woods can't get beat by Bartlett. You need Mirren to get that win against VNS. You need Sebring to get the win against Haynes. We're asking for a lot, but it's not impossible. That's a good place to be. Wrap things up with a little football talk here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast and football recruiting weekend. We touched on this just a little bit yesterday of what's going on. Jackson, the linebacker from Virginia coming in, that would be huge help. I'm a big proponent of them going to the offensive line and looking for help. But we still wait. What's going to be the decision, if anything, at offensive coordinator? I'll tell you, as the days and days go by, I'm less and less optimistic that there's going to be any kind of change in that spot. And it's going to be Brian Ferentz back for year number seven. Well, if anything happens over the weekend on the football side of things, we will be here to react to that. We will also be here with the Reaction Podcast after the Iowa Rutgers game on Sunday. That'll be in your feed late Sunday night, early on Monday. We'll get that out to you. Got a lot of football after that. Hey, make sure you hit up FanDuel. Great stuff over there for you. If you're new into the sports wagering world, well, I look to help you out. I love sports gambling, and I love our friends at FanDuel. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Our experts, Isaac Shotty and Andy Patton, bringing you everything you need to know on and off the court. Hear from the big names in the sport, coaches, players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on college basketball, available on YouTube and wherever 
you get podcasts. Be back with you after the Iowa Rutgers game. Looking forward to it. Iowa get another one in the win column. Let's pull the upset tonight against Penn State. Always nice to have Gail Sanderson, isn't it? We will talk to you again later in the week. Go Hawks!